Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello and welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. David Gill here bringing you a new episode. Real quick, a big new update for this podcast uh, before I get into the actual topic. We are doubling the output. That's right. You heard it right. Doubling the amount of podcasts we're doing per week. Right now, we're doing two a week. Uh, One is like tech and business. This one, which you're listening to, the Tuesday podcast. And then on Fridays is like a life podcast with Marissa uh, where she talks about, you know, health and life and all that. Um, So starting this week... I am going to be doing a Tuesday, which is the one you're listening to now, and then I will also be making another one on Thursday. So I'm going to start doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, Both will be tech, business, etc. And Marissa will still only be doing one this week, so her Friday, regular schedule Friday, will still be there. Um, I'm not 100% sure on the other day that she's going to be doing it or the new schedule for her but I'll let you know next week uh when we kind of deal it all out but anyways yes so we are going from two podcasts a week to four we're doubling the amount of edge listening experience for you guys so I'm very excited about that uh you know we felt we could increase our production especially with the new site launched last week uh mgredge.com if you haven't seen it yet if you haven't been on there check it out uh so that's the big news that's all I have to say. So Tuesdays and Thursdays for me now instead of just Tuesdays. So anyways, let's talk about Amazon and how they are going to crush retail pharmacies. Let's get into it. You ain't got no money. I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So I wrote an article all about exactly what I'm going to talk about now. Um, it's on the site. I'll, I'll put a link to the actual article. It has some like links and uh, visual like graphics and stuff that uh, kind of go a little more in depth than we're going to say on the podcast, but I still wanted to talk about it. Um, but basically last week in one fell swoop, $15 billion disappeared from the market caps of uh, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Express Scripts. Their share prices all took a tumble just from pure fear of their investors. And, well, you know, the culprit, of course, is Amazon. So Amazon last Thursday, uh, June 27th? Was it the 27th? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Last Thursday. Uh, summer 2018, for anyone who's listening in the distant future. Uh, they acquired PillPack for $1 billion, or nearly $1 billion. It was like 900-something million, I believe. Um, they've basically made their intentions very clear, perfectly clear, that they're going to go into the admittedly lucrative but complex world of uh, legal drug dealing. They're going to go into the pharmacy business. A little background on PillPack real quick for those of you who don't know. Um, they're a startup. I guess you, I mean, obviously a billion dollars. I would. I don't know if you want to still call them a startup at that point, but they were a startup a few years ago. They've grown very quickly. Uh, but basically, they're a fast-growing pharmaceutical uh, mail-order delivery company. And basically, they make keeping track of and taking prescriptions very easy. Uh, they also have kind of had a iffy history, like butting heads with Express Scripts, especially Express Scripts is the uh, biggest U.S. mail order delivery pharmacy company, um, and they also have kind of butted head with other behemoth 
incumbents in the pharmaceutical space. But that's this is why they are the perfect acquisition target for Amazon. You know, the the pharmacy and drug distribution, I should say, industry. It, they're going through a mass disruption, and I don't like using the word disrupt very often because I feel it's overused, but in this case, it applies really well. So they are being disrupted in the same way that retail was disrupted over the past, what, 10, 20 years. Uh, pharmacies were able to hold on longer, though, because of a few things. One, just the complexity and seriousness of what they sell, right? I mean, it's 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 immensely regulated i should say and there's lots of consequences to failed logistics so you know you have to make sure people are getting the right pills the right everything it's what the doctor orders the doctors doctors order and you can't you know you can't be late on a shipment or miss a shipment if you you know buy shoes on amazon and they're a day late or two days late whatever they get lost in the mail you know it's not a big deal i mean it's unfortunate but it's not a big deal it's not the end of the world if your heart medication gets lost in the mail well that's not very good but you know what technology progresses and complex problems like this are constantly being solved and it's finally catching up to the retail pharmacy business. It's this convoluted healthcare industry is slowly but surely being simplified with technology, especially on the consumer-facing aspect. If you look at the, like I said, this this is not a play into Amazon developing drugs or anything like that. This is the retail pharmacy, the drug distribution business. That's really what it is. And digital pharmacies, as they're called, are gaining huge market share on retail pharmacies like CVS, Walgreens, etc. The last major change in the pharmacy business was the introduction of mail order delivery, which basically took about a 75, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it took about a 25% market share from the retail pharmacy industry, but obviously retail still holds about 75%. So that's kind of the split right now. If you have a recurring uh, prescription, that's not like an immediate need. You just use Express Scripts or you know, whoever else, and it comes, you know, once a month or whenever you need your refill on your prescription. So they were able to take about 25% of the market share away from retail, but retail still holds 75% because most of the time you need to get the drug the same day. You go to the doctor in the morning, and then by the afternoon, you have the pills or the prescription you need. Amazon is about to change that whole market share uh, split. Right now, there's a lot of startups too. I mean, there's there's one called NowRx, NimbleRx, Alto, and there's others that have all been competing in the in-home, same delivery, uh, same I'm sorry, same day delivery business for drugs. And this has been going on for about three years now. Is really when a lot of these startups started taking off, similar to PillPack. Um, but they lack these startups lack the capital resources and logistical infrastructure that Amazon has. And with the acquisition of PillPack, really the biggest thing is that PillPack had licenses for all 50 states to sell prescription drugs, which those are not easy to get. And now with the $1 billion acquisition of PillPack, Amazon now has licenses and operations in all 50 states so they can get drugs everywhere, uh, which none of those startups, NowRx, Nimble, Alto, none of them have uh, access to all 50 states. In fact, most of them are limited to like California, Washington, a few states just because they're startups. They haven't expanded yet. Amazon has that ability now. 
And by the way, not only did Amazon announce the acquisition of PillPack last week though, they kind of sneakily announced Amazon Logistics, which is a new partnership program for them that allows anyone to start their own delivery company, think of like UPS FedEx, for only $10,000 in startup costs. Um, the implications of that program spread far wider than drug delivery, and uh, but let's let's stay focused on the drug business right now. Maybe I'll have a whole new episode and maybe an article about Amazon Logistics because that's fascinating too that they're just going straight after uh, FedEx and UPS with a decentralized approach. But anyways, let's look at it from the framework of this uh, pharmacy industry. You know, this is really how Amazon is going to crush existing pharmacies with the infrastructure that they already have in place. Obviously, Amazon already has same day delivery in pretty much most of the country, especially if you live in a major metropolitan area. I know in Phoenix, I'd say half of the things that I buy on Amazon are eligible for same-day delivery, if not more. Um, and so Amazon certainly has the ability to do that. And they have a serious opportunity to get a stranglehold on this 335 billion is what the estimate is for what the drug delivery and retail pharmacy space is. It's about 335 billion dollars annually. And they have a serious opportunity to snag this industry by the throat i mean really you know amazon being the everything store is an understatement amazon wants to be your one-stop shop for everything and anything and everything and it's working um, you know there was a report recently that said 63 percent almost two-thirds of u.s households are prime members i mean that is insane and that number is expected to grow to 70 80 percent within the next few years too where basically four out of five people are going to be amazon prime members and let's step back and kind of connect the dots here for a second right what has amazon done over the last two years so they bought pill pack getting into the drug business the pharmacy business they also last year in 2017 bought whole foods this that was their move into the grocery business which is also another massive us industry amazon has expanded its revenue potential not uh, not actualized but potential revenue by over one trillion dollars in the last two years that has they could realize that revenue within the next decade or so because of their moves into the grocery and drug business because they're huge massive industries Yes, one trillion. I know it sounds like an incredibly ridiculous amount of money, and it is, but these are two massive markets, both of which also are moving digital when they weren't moving before. Both had complexities to them that didn't allow them to move online as quickly as traditional retail like electronics or books like Amazon originally had. Uh, these two industries, right? Grocery, well, a lot of grocery stuff expires, especially if it's like fruit or vegetables, things like that, eggs, milk, all of that, you know, shipping and the, the delivery online was kind of complicated for that right it's not as simple as a book a book is will last a hundred years uh in same like i said with the drugs you know it's it's a complex thing to make sure that you get prescriptions delivered on time every time the right prescription the right dosage all of that it's it's complex so that's why these kind of industries took longer but if you look last year in 2017 online grocery sales were up 20 billion dollars and they're only expected to keep growing exponentially from where they were just a few years ago and you know 
it's just it's incredible, really. I mean, they have a chance as far as the drug industry goes to capture 50%. I mean, it's likely that over 50% of that 335 billion market share in the drug business will move online and move digital to same day delivery ordering online. Your doctor just gives your prescription, then you fulfill it through uh, Amazon pharmacy or whatever online. And then it shows up at your door a few hours later. That's, that's where we're headed. And it's incredible because as someone, you know, as someone who owned Amazon shares, I actually sold them when they hit a $600 billion market cap because I thought, you know, how much more can Amazon grow? I get that they're a great company, but man, how much higher can they go? And you know what, Jeff Bezos and the brilliant folks at Amazon, they continue to prove me and others wrong. I mean, it's not that I doubt Amazon. I just thought, okay, they're at $600 billion. What are they going to go to? I mean, how much higher can they go? But hey, they're very quickly on track to being a $1 trillion company or even double that if they are able to actualize all of this revenue potential that's within their grasp within the next five to 10 years and they keep disrupting massive markets like drug and uh, grocery delivery. I mean, really the interesting thing is going to be how does CVS and Walgreens and Express Scripts and all of these companies respond? Express Scripts has notoriously bad customer service. Amazon has notoriously great customer service. So if customers are given the option and Express Scripts doesn't do same-day delivery, it normally takes a few days. So if you're given the choice between Amazon and Express Scripts, most consumers are going to choose Amazon. Same thing goes with CVS. CVS is now rolling out a mail order delivery. Uh, they're tr- they have a new thing where they charge nine dollars for same day delivery, I believe. Uh, so they're they're certainly aware of what's going on. They're certainly going to you know not step down or back down without a fight. But man, Amazon just they really have an opportunity here to just step on the throat of some of these multi billion dollar hundred billion dollar companies like cvs walgreens express scripts obviously i'm talking combined here uh market caps not total but um yeah i mean they have a real opportunity just the infrastructure and like i said with the new amazon logistics partnership program where they're gonna have essentially like an uber but it's with trucks and it's just to ship packages and not people basically moving packages instead of people Amazon's potential is limitless. This isn't an avocation for you to buy shares or anything like that. You know, do your own research. I don't own any shares. Maybe I should not have sold them. But nonetheless, Amazon's doing amazing things, and they just they just continue to 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 impress me. Good on them. But anyways, that's that's kind of my thesis on it. If you want to read the full article, uh, link will be in the description. Let's get into the news. It's time for the news. All right, so real quick, before we get into the actual news, i uh, got to touch on NBA a little bit. You guys know that I'm a big basketball fan. It's my number one sport. Uh, LeBron James is going to L.A. Um, you know, as someone who was a LeBron James fan, I no longer am a LeBron James fan. Not because I have a problem with him moving to L.A. Good for him if he wants to play for the Lakers. That's cool. But I am first and foremost a diehard Suns fan. Okay, the Phoenix Suns are my life. Okay, they're not my life, but they're my they're my they're my uh, second child, I should say. And I just, as a Phoenix Suns fan, cannot root for 
LeBron as a Laker. So LeBron, you are now my mortal ed- enemy. You're dead to me. It's over. I, I admire you, respect you, but I'm sorry. You, you, you've lost you've lost a fan today. I will no longer be rooting for LeBron. And by the way, let's talk about social influence. When LeBron announced he was moving to LA, there were over 1,000 tweets per second on Twitter uh, talking about this. Talk about social reach in the NBA. This is something that they have nailed compared to MLB and NFL because especially MLB. I mean, the MLB has dropped off majorly with younger audiences and part of the reason is because they restrict the amount of highlights and clips that can be put on social media because of their TV contracts. And the NBA, Adam Silver, their commissioner, has said, I want everything on social media. I want it everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube everywhere and it's certainly worked out in spades for the younger generation the NBA is now the fastest growing uh, sport in the U.S. it's back it will probably be the biggest sport in the U.S. in 10 years that's my prediction I think the NBA will surpass the NFL as crazy as that sounds because the NFL is so huge but anyways let's get into a little more tech news this week Tesla, they hit their production target for 5,000 Model 3s per week, and they're expected to hit 6,000 per week by August, reportedly. Um, I'm someone, if I put my investor hat on, who has I have not wanted to touch Tesla's stock with a 10-foot pole because of the crazy valuation it has and the massive amount of debt that they hold without being profitable in 10 years. Um, so as an investor, I mean... it. it Hey, I, I maybe I should have invested in it. the stock has done very well over the past what 10 five, 10 years, but I have not wanted to touch it. But if I take my non if I take my investor hat off and just as a person, I've definitely been rooting for them. I definitely like Tesla. I, I like Elon Musk. Seems like a great guy. Uh, you know, and so congratulations to Elon and everyone at Tesla. A lot of people did not think that they were going to hit these, this uh, production benchmark. I hope the good times keep rolling. Maybe one day I'll be rolling my own Tesla into my garage. We'll see. Uh, but for now, congratulations. I still won't be buying the stock. It's it's very highly valued in my opinion. Again, that's my own opinion. But congratulations to Tesla keep on trucking on and by the way when are the trucks going to be available that's the real question because that i think could be an even bigger industry than the actual car market itself and uh by the way speaking of amazon we were talking about how dominant and unbeatable they are well they're not completely unbeatable while the sales of amazon's alexa devices have only continued to grow their total market share of all digital assistants out there has dropped from 80% last year to about 50%. And that's mostly thanks to two things, Google and China. So Google now holds, the Google Home Assistant now holds 32% market share. And Chinese competitors Alibaba and Xiaomi are catching up. Xiaomi, I believe. Xiaomi? Xiaomi? I I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Anyways, they're catching up quickly too. And so Amazon's 80% market dominance has dropped to about 50, which I guess you could kind of expect. Apple is trying to get into that foray too. They kind of failed with their first HomePod, but I'm sure they will come with another one soon as well. Uh, By the way, if you didn't know already, The Edge, this podcast has an Alexa news briefing, so you can get exactly what you're listening to right now straight from Alexa. Just search MGR on the Alexa app. Just quick plug anyways. Uh, But it looks like 
we're gonna have to invest in creating an, a Google Home briefing if there is such a thing. I'm gonna have to research into that for Google Home as well because I don't want to leave anybody out. It looks like a third of the market is now Google Home and it's growing. And this is mostly because Google is basically selling their things at cost or even at a loss. Uh, Amazon has started doing that too. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't. I'm platform agnostic when it comes to these things. I don't really care if it's Google Home or Alexa. I just want the best technology to win in the end. I don't care about the actual company itself. So we'll be on all of them. Listen to we, soon, I should say. Uh, but listen to us on Alexa if you're not already. Anyways, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy, just share this podcast with one person. Just one. That's all I ask. Not 10, not 20 one person who you think would enjoy it. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.